This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. Yeah! What's going on, Raider Nation? Rolling in hot to episode 32, and once again, I got some news. We had some big changes going on again this week. Uh, We've had some hosting adjustments the last couple weeks, and I learned quickly that all that can get pretty complicated. We've cut out SoundCloud, so if you used to listen on SoundCloud, we won't be on there anymore. We've had some issues with Spotify, but that'll get buttoned up here anytime. So I'm happy to announce we have a solution to all those issues. We've officially teamed up with the Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network. We still have our affiliation with Raiders Beat, who I'm still working with on all things in Raiders news, But Kevin Jones and his team over there at Blue Wire will be handling all the the behind-the-scenes work with the podcast. I'm very excited for this opportunity. I've learned quickly that I think Kevin has already assembled a team that can compete as one of the best sports podcasting networks out there. And I'm even more excited now to work with a couple of the Raiders podcasts that are currently already on their network. We have Fallon Smith's Keeping It 300 and Ted Wynn's Coffeehouse Stunt. You've already heard both of those people on my show as guests. Now you might hear them a little bit more often as we start to work together more. Uh, Biggest win is now I get to focus more on the content of our show, which in all reality, I know you guys like hearing me talk about some of this stuff a little bit, but the content of the show and the Raiders football talk is what you guys care about. So let's quit blabbing about this stuff and let's get into these weekly announcements. And actually, real quick, one more side note. I want you guys to know the type of the sacrifices that I make each week to make sure that this show happened. I got another rocking guest coming up soon, but it just so happened to have, uh, I had a, a surgery this morning scheduled at the same time, a little manly surgery. Didn't, uh, something to make sure that I don't have any more uh, little rugrats running around inside the house anymore. So, about 30 minutes post-op surgery, going to knock out these announcements, and then we're going to get our rocking guest in here again. So let's get into it. The Raiders training camp report dates have been set. Rookies will return on July 23rd, and vets will return on July 26th. As I stated a few weeks ago, joint practices with the Rams were expected and now the dates are official. The Raiders and Rams will practice together in Napa on August 7th and August 8th. I believe that's about a Wednesday and a Thursday. For those season ticket holders planning on going and visiting uh, training camp, I would definitely prioritize one of those two dates if you don't go on the weekend anyways. Uh, those are going to be the two to watch. You get to see him face off. You'll, you'll, you'll see Antonio Brown and Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, 
Tyro Williams. We'll have very good matchups there. And then we'll get in the trenches. You'll see Richie Incognito. You'll see Aaron Donald. We'll break down some of this stuff later in the show on Real Talk with Kenny King. But uh, definitely looking forward to those, those matchups. But yeah, man, we got another big-time guest coming in here. A few weeks ago, we were honored to have NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Then the week after that, we had NFL Network's David Carr. So I'm like, shoot, if we're going to have a big-time month of June, why don't we go ahead and complete the trifecta? We'll get one more NFL Network guy in here. So we reached out to a guy that I believe is uh, very liked right now by Raider Nation. He's had a lot of good things to say about our draft. He's had a lot of good things to even say about the upcoming season. So we're going to take this little break, and when we come back, joining me is going to be NFL Network analyst and fantasy football expert, Adam Rank. Joining me now is NFL Network analyst and fantasy football extraordinaire, Adam Rank. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm wonderful. It's, it's, it's a privilege to be on with you, so I really do appreciate you reaching out. And it seems like we're going to have a good conversation because I've been doing a lot of these, and it's usually people who are super pissed. They're like, <laughs> you don't know, how do you, why do you even get paid for this? Like, uh, where did you get this job? Like, who are you? And you're like, um, I don't know. You're the guy. I'm, I'm the guy you're yelling at. That's who I am. But anyways, great <laughs> to be on with you. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. I'm I, I, I'm glad you're honored. I'm a little bit more honored myself. But uh, yeah, like you said, you're on uh, Raider Nation's good side right now. Uh, mainly your most recent comment saying you're gonna, that we're going to shock the league or surprise some people. But I want to backtrack a little bit first uh, to something you said a couple months ago about our draft, specifically about drafting a guy like Cleveland Farrell. And his draft stock, um, after many many said that he was going to be a reach, can you explain your thoughts on how Mike Mayock and the Raiders did on the draft? I really liked it. And you know what? For the longest time, Mike Mayock was the authority in draft prognica- wait, prognication. Prog- prognic- Why can't I say that word? He was <laughs> the authority. When you were breaking down the draft, when he put out his top five list, when he put out his mock draft list the night before the draft, Everybody paid attention, everybody in the industry. And of course, when he's running a team, he's not giving you his list. So somebody like Cleveland Farrell does not appear at the top of anybody else's list because Mike Mayock is not out there putting it out. Now, had he been doing it, if he had been, you know, putting out, publishing his list of the top defensive linemen, Farrell would have been at the top of that list and everybody would have followed. And all of a sudden, Todd McShay and all those guys would have suddenly had him super high. He would have been a top 10 pick and everybody would have talked about how it was a great pick for the Raiders. So I don't know how Mike Mayock suddenly goes from the guy who like was the authority, was the guy that you turn to. Like when you want, like he's the Darth Vader of NFL NFL drafts. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the guy we go to. How, what changed? What changed? Just because he's running a team? He picked the guy he fought with at the top of his board. Now, we don't know if he had him again, uh, ahead of uh, Joey Bosa's brother or whatever, but we do know that he had him in the top four. And to me, if that's the guy that you want, 
go get them. Who cares what other value people put on it? It's like when your wife goes shopping and she keeps waiting for the sale. Like, look at, there's not that much difference between spending 20 bucks on this item or $17. Don't wait around forever. Go make it happen. Be happy with what you have because three years down the road, it's not going to matter whether you pick them fourth overall or 20th overall. If he's a good player, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm glad how you ended that too, because you don't ever talk about oh he was a oh he was a twentieth number twentieth pick uh, back in 2018. No, they're gonna say he was a first round draft pick. He's still a first round talent. So whenever it comes down to it, uh, that's what he's gonna be, and that's what we expect him to be. So, like I said, you're on our good side. I really liked you coming into this conversation. After that comment, I like you a little bit more. But um, I hate to do this to you, Adam. I, I got a little bit of a problem, man. All right, that's fair. On November eighth. 2014. You remember that? Do you, do you remember that day? Yeah, vividly. <laughs> vividly. While setting my fantasy football lineup, right? I asked you on Twitter, what player should I start? And I sent you a screenshot of my lineup. You then told me that I should be rolling to a title. In quotes, you should be rolling to a title. Do you see where this is going? What did you do? How, you, how, how did you mess this up is what I'm... I'm wondering you how you blew... <laughs> This pristine team. What what you did wrong? Because I know that I I know that I am not going to be accountable for any of this. But I'm curious as to what you thought. No, you know what? I don't know what I did wrong. I had this is 2014, right? I had Le'Veon Bell. Jeez. I had Marshawn Lynch. I had AJ Green. I had Antonio Brown. I had Greg Olson. And I didn't win the championship that year, Adam. Was that my fault? Yeah, you told me I would. I'm sorry. Like Thank that you. Is, I, this is always one of my. This is always one of my favorite. Like, listen, I'll apologize for it at any time. It's like, it's always like one of like this is what this is what I always equate it to. Like, because it's always one of those things about process over result and over the course of a of a year or years, it'll end up working out in your favor. <laughs> and you'll tell somebody something like, "Hey, should I start this guy?" Or, like, I really want to start Curtin Jerker McGee, and you're like, "No, bro, you don't want to do that. It's not going to pay off." And they don't start him, and the guy actually goes off. You're like, well, thanks. I'm like, that was the dumbest, <laughs> riskiest thing. It's like one time I was in Vegas, and my friend had an 18 to a dealer's two, and was like, oh, I'm, I'm doubling down. I'm like, you're in, you're an insane person. He's like, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm like, you, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen anybody ever. You will not hit. Do not do that. Do not hit this. Do not hit this 18. Okay, whatever. So, of course, he sits there. The dealer turns over a 12, then a 3, then a that's what, 15. So, yeah, then a 6, 21, and he's superheated. I'm like, bro, you're not – unless you knew for a fact yeah. that that was a 3. He's like, I knew. I'm like, I want – if you hit 18, I want you to hit every 18 for the rest of your life. But it's one of those things, and that's what fantasy is when you're relying on human beings. Yeah. I, listen, as you're, as you're saying that team, I'm wondering how you didn't win. I'm like, did somebody <laughs> get hurt that year? I think someone what, did. Did Olsen get hurt? This is like Olsen seems like a candidate. The Steelers running backs always seem to tail off at the end of the year because Tomlin just yeah, Tomlin must think it's a 12-game season or something, <laughs> and then those guys get screwed, and then somebody like D'Angelo Williams has to come in and bail them out, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's my fault. Hey. That's clearly on. Yeah, exactly. So I apologize. Exactly. I'm glad you realized that, and I I forgive you. I I forgive you, man. I waited, 
I waited 1,652 days for this apology, and I still forgive you, Adam. I'm glad you're still not carrying a torch. For that. Like you're still not burdened by See? all this stuff. Like I'm still like there's a there's a Baja fresh by me and they forgot to give me tortilla chips one time and I'm still pissed at them. <laughs> And it's been like two years. I'm like, I'll never, for you can never make that up to me. Oh, see? The disappointment when you get back to your desk <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh I've got yeah. this sick burrito. You're like, I have all these salsas. Like, I'm going to enjoy these chips. And then you're like, oh, they never gave them to me. <laughs> Unforgivable. Well, see, now, now we see, now we got another problem here is I'm over here trying to teach forgiveness. And you're over here screwing it up, but you know what? Fine, I'll go to Baja Fresh today. We'll we'll work it. Yeah, out. there you go. Perfect. Now, uh, okay. Now I'll stop bringing up old stuff. <laughs> we'll get back to uh, present time football here. Um, you were just on Good Morning Football saying the Raiders and especially Derek Carr will surprise a lot of people, and I agree with you. But can you break that down for me? Yeah, a little bit of a shock to the system. Everybody seems to forget that Derek Carr was a pretty good quarterback not too long ago. You'd only have to go back to the 2016 season when he was enjoying a lot of success. His interception rate was really low and got that huge extension. So the Raiders obviously had a faith in him. A lot of faith in him, I should say. Probably their best franchise quarterback, at least prospect-wise, since Rich Gannon. So you're like, okay, you're feeling pretty good about this. Now, obviously, things did not work out at the end of the Jack Del Rio era, because it's the Jack Del Rio <laughs> era. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Of course it wasn't going to end well. And then you bring in John Gruden, and John always has his ideas of what quarterback should be and, w- and what's happening. And I think that last year, there was a little bit of a feeling out process where perhaps Derek was a little apprehensive about John Gruden, who hadn't been on the sideline in quite some time. And Gruden might not have necessarily believed in what Derek can do, but I think that they both grew to understand each other and there was a lot of faith and there was a lot of trust. And as the season went on, they kind of, you know, started to work it out. They started to show some progress. Now, even though there were some, you know, missteps, you know, there were some, there were some tough goes during the, uh, during the course of the season, they did finally start to work it out towards the end. And Derek started looking like the franchise quarterback that the Raiders hoped that he was. I can't get this. I have this thing. I'm so sorry. There's something buzzing in my ear because my <laughs> phone will not, I, I can usually turn off the, the phone call that's going through, but in any event, <laughs> I think during the off season, a lot of people were anticipating that, or speculating that the Raiders were going to move up to take a quarter, like not even, not just take a quarterback, mm-hmm. like move up. Like, I think I saw one analyst who was like, they're going to move up to number two to take Drew Locke, which was one of the most insanely, like I know that I say dumb ass all the time (laughs) and people call me out on it. And everybody on Twitter, who's a tough guy wants to bet me. It's funny. Everybody with an anonymous account, like how brave people get, like somebody will be like, you're a joke, you're a clown. And then you click on their account and it's like, Oh, his Instagram's protected. Like, of course (laughs) it is. Of course it is. It was such a terrible thing. Like, you could not I, – I get Kyler Murray. Like, if Kyler Murray would have dropped a four and you're like, yeah, maybe. Like, I get that. Like, why not? But any of these other guys, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Dwayne – like, give, give it up. Mm-hmm. Like, none of those guys are better than Derek Carr. He's your quarterback of the future. You finally just surrounded him with some nice talent. You brought in the best wide receiver on the planet. You brought in a guy who can stretch the field, Tyrell Williams. Now, obviously, Derek Carr doesn't have the air yards that a lot of 
other quarterbacks do, but that's okay. He can stretch the field with Tyrell Williams when he needs to. Antonio Brown can obviously stretch the field when he needs to, but Antonio Brown is such a great route runner and is so good within 10 yards that it's not going to be a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. And then you draft Josh Jacobs, and now you're like, oh, this is starting to look like a squad. Yeah. You're putting together an offensive line? Like, yeah, now we can finally see what Derek Carl is, is all about. And I think that anybody, any quarterback would be willing to bet on themselves and say, look, I think that I can get it done. I know that I can get it done. And now you're going to go out there and let him go and do his thing with, and if it doesn't work here and if it doesn't work out, it'll be evident. And then, you know, nobody will blame, blame the Raiders if they want to go and move on from Derek Carr after the season. But I don't think that I need to, uh, I, I, I don't think that it's going to need to, come to that i think that Derek carr is going to work out they're going to have a good season it's going to be tough like i'm not going to sit here and blow smoke to all you guys and tell you that you're going to the playoffs but an eight and eight record seems pretty plausible i think that in this division where you have the chiefs who are you know a a presumptive super bowl contender you got the la chargers who of course are always in the mix that's a tough division Mm -hmm. and it's not an easy schedule i know you got to go across the pond to play the bears so it's a tough schedule so i think that if we can see some progress we can see about eight, nine wins. I think that would be a good year for the Raiders. See, now I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side. Of course, we had a lot of, we had a lot of draft picks coming in now, and we still have this next year. We still have two first-round draft picks coming the next offseason. One of them, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. I know you're saying eight and eight, Adam, but I'm saying one of our draft picks is going to be 32nd overall, and I'm going to need your Bears to not do so good so we can at least have one high draft pick. Is that all right? Well, that's going to be a little bit tough. Perhaps you can package the two to move up a little bit earlier. But, yeah, that's that's the great thing is that you got this draft pick, but you're like, well, it's going to be 32nd overall, which thank you for saying that. I do appreciate you putting that out there, breathing it to life and, and speaking it into existence. The problem is, though, as long as you have those equity of picks and as long as whether it's 32nd or whatever, I think that I trust Mike Mayock enough to get the to get the job done. And again, you're just building depth and you're building good character, guys. And that's one of the things that they talked about was the character of these players, good players who are good guys. And I think that there's going to be no shortage of those players. And I think that it, the Raiders are set up. I know that's going to be disappointing for some people that they're going to finally get really good when they get to Las Vegas. But the one thing that I say about the the Las Vegas stadium. And I know it's disappointing and I know it's tough to watch a team leave town for the second time, but this has really been the vision of Al Davis for forever. He, when he originally moved down to Los Angeles, he, we talk about Al Davis being a visionary on the field, like how he, as a coach, you know, he was part of those, uh, those uh, Coriel or Sid Luckman teams of the chargers back in the AFL. And he was a visionary coach. He knew what he was doing. He helped, create and mold the AFL, which merged with the NFL. He doesn't get enough credit for that. But he also knew, too, that when he moved the team to Los Angeles, that there was going to be a huge secondary revenue stream from luxury boxes, owning your own stadium, and doing things like that. And it was the Coliseum Commission that got it wrong. And it just had to be incredibly frustrating for him to watch all these other municipalities all over the country enact his vision and get to, to, to reap the rewards of it while he sat there in these bad stadium situations over and over again. But now in Las Vegas, even though, you know, it's not in Oakland, and I understand the disappointment in that, but you're in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, you're going to have this brand new facility that is going to be molded the way Al Davis wanted it. 
I think it's a great thing. And I think with the multitude of picks, as well as the draft went this year, having a franchise quarterback, having the best wide receiver on the planet, I think there's a lot of things to be excited for if you're a Raiders fan. Loving it. Definitely saying we're in rebuild mode, but we definitely got a kickstart this year. I'm glad you're still kind of on the same page. We're gearing up for Las Vegas. This this thing isn't, uh, it's not a one-year rebuild. We got the future in mind. And I got one last topic for you, Adam. I know you're a busy man, so I'm going to let you go on this. You're a fantasy football extraordinaire. You're a guru. You may, you might have screwed up once uh, in November of 2014, but I'm still going to trust your opinion. Uh, where am I drafting the Raiders' weapons? Where is A.B., Tyrell Williams, and Josh Jacobs? When are they coming off the board in your fantasy football league? Well, that's one of the great things with what happened with A.B. during the offseason is that people get scared for for no reason. And they want to make their jokes about Derek Carr. It's like, fine. Like I've seen his ADP get into the second round and I'm like, I'm happily taking him there. You know, it's one of those things like, I don't, I don't mind if you want to jump ahead and take Antonio Brown at the end of the first round. Like I'm not going to argue with that. Cause again, fantasy drafts should be like real drafts where you just draft good players where you want. And it's fine. But you know what? I'm drafted Antonio. I keep getting Antonio Brown at the back end of the second, and I'm laughing all the way to the bank <laughs> as he goes out there. He'll have double-digit touchdowns. No receiver. I, I know that I'm preaching to the choir when I say stuff like this, but no pre, no receiver has had double-digit touchdowns for Derek Carr. Well, that streak ends this season with Antonio Brown. Tyrell Williams will be a little bit of a, a value later on in your, in your drafts. The Josh Jacobs thing is very interesting to me. I know a lot of people just presume that he's going to go out there and carry the ball 300 times, but just once – in John Gruden's illustrious coaching career, has he had a has a running back top more than I think it was 225 carries? But I'm just talking about Cadillac Williams in 2005. He was the guy. He was the the flag bearer. 295 touches, I believe it was. That's the outlier. So I'm not sure that Josh Jacobs is going to come in and get that many touches. I don't think the 250 is realistic. But I think in the low 200s, which means He's right there with David Montgomery as a, as a rookie running back. So he's, he's starting to go into the third, the fourth round like that. I've seen a lot of people, myself, guys like Brad Evans included, we like to go wide receiver heavy. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a pure zero RB person, but I'm a zero RB leaning mm-hmm. analyst. So I like to load up on the I like to load up on the wide receivers when I get a chance early in my drafts and then go and start to backfill. And I will do that with a lot of rookies like David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. I think Miles Sanders could have a nice year as well for Philadelphia, even though that backfield seems a little crowded. But I think that there's clear, there's clear paths to it, to carries for Montgomery, for Jacobs. So I think third, fourth round, we'll study the ADP as the summer goes on. You know, people start getting excited about players. ADPs rise and fall. Sometimes these values get kind of jumbled up because you talk to like Chris Godwin will be one of those guys from Tampa Bay where you just people get so excited about him that they just can't they can't resist and then they go in a little bit earlier than they should. I don't mind doing that. So that's that's never been anything that bugs me. And I know that people get so worried about values, but there's nothing worse than trying to get too cute and watching your player get sniped in front of you. So wherever you feel comfortable taking those guys, I say you do it. If it's a, if it's a round too early, eh, what are you going to do? It won't, it won't matter 
it won't matter at the end of the season when those guys are putting up huge point totals for you. There we go. For everyone listening in, if you like that fantasy football analysis, make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Adam Rank. Make sure you also tune into his podcast, man. It's definitely funny. It's definitely entertaining with a lot of good content in there. That's the Adam Rank podcast. You can find it just about anywhere. Adam, thanks for coming on, man, and breaking this down with me. And while I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you go, but make sure the next time you get on the television, you keep saying good things about my Raiders, all right? I don't think that you need to worry about that. I'm a believer. I got you guys. You guys got me. So I appreciate it. And uh, good luck this season. Let's make it. We should make this a home and home. I'll have to have you on the Adam Rank podcast at some point. There we go. Uh, in the near future before the season starts or even during the season. Or as we're laughing at people when the Raiders are actually making a playoff push. <laughs> and I've got to kind of come correct and be like, I doubted you guys. I didn't think you were that good. But you know what? We'll make it happen. I would love to have you on. But I appreciate I appreciate this, and I know your reputation speaks well for you. I know that you actually go through. I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit for people. I want people to know. I think this is important for people to know, so I want them to hear this, is that this, you go through the NFL PR to get people to come onto your mm-hmm. show, which is a good way to do it. That's the proper way to do it. I don't mind. We, we have a connection now, so you can come to me directly. So I don't know. But the thing is, is the PR people will vet everybody who does a podcast, who does whatever, and I know that when Andrew came up and he was like, hey, Cody wants to do, a, do it with you. He's a good guy. He's got a good show. He puts out a quality content. So you got the stamp of approval. Awesome. So I want everybody to know that. This is why you should continue to listen to the show. It's well regarded, especially in the NFL circles. So I, I, I take it as an honor to be on. I look forward to having you on mine. And then uh, good luck to the Raiders and good luck to everybody as your season approaches. There we go. You always know how to put a smile on my face, Adam. That's what she said. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't. I had to, I don't know. I've been watching, I've been binging The Office lately, so I'm sorry. You to have go. to, man. Netflix is, uh, or NBC's taking it away <laughs> from us, so you have to. Right? <laughs> I know, man. I'm, I'm very upset about this. So that, I was just watching that, that, stu- that episode with Jim is like prompting Michael to finally break down and say it. So I had to take that opportunity. Good stuff. Well, we'll see you during the season, man. And there we go, man. That chat right there with Adam Rank pretty much went exactly how I expected it. Adam's been giving us some high praise lately, obviously, as you heard from our conversation, and it carried over nicely. I loved how he ended that and said that he's a believer. He sees what's going on here in the silver and black, and he's loving it, and so are we, man. So, Raider Nation, make sure you protect Adam Rank at all costs that was the perfect uh, topper to our trifecta from nfl network they obviously have some good analysts coming out of there and those three uh so far are my favorite of the group but we still got plenty more to come i had a couple phone calls this week but we're actually going to hold them off it was nothing uh super pressing on topics so we're going to take those calls next week um because we got a still a little bit of content we still got a lot of raiders talk to go i uh, hope you guys are plan on sticking around a little bit longer i'm gonna bring in a familiar voice making his third appearance ah you know what might be his fourth appearance now we're gonna bring in scott winter he's gonna come on we're gonna chat real quick and you know what we're just gonna go ahead and we're gonna throw him in the ring with kenny king so let's uh let's go ahead and get scott winter on here winter is coming Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Scott Winter, what's going on, man? Uh, hey, man. How you doing, Ray Cody? Uh, you know, we're just trying to do the dang thing over here. It's a uh, slow time. 
I guess, for the NFL and for the Raiders, but we're doing our best to keep ourselves busy and uh, pump out all the content we can, man. You know how it is. It's anticip. Wait for it. Patient time. <laughs> I'm telling you, what are we, uh, 73 days now until uh, Monday Night Football? Something like that. We're, we're really close. But, you know, of course, I'm really excited to, to, for camp and to see all of these young kids, young men, I should say, out there, you know, fighting for positions, seeing how they're going to react, you know, when the pads come on. Because, you know, it, 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 you're playing flag football until that happens, you know. Exactly, exactly. So what we're going to do here, Scott, is I know you've been waiting to uh, get in the ring with Mr. Kenny King here on Real Talk. So what we're going to do is we're just going ahead and we're going to jump right into it. We're going to go ahead and get the King in here with us, man. You ready? I'm ready. We had to come back with the OG beat for this one. We got, obviously, we got, I'm here, you know what I'm saying? We got my boy Scott Winter on here, which I'm excited about. You know, Winter is coming up in here. But, uh, you know, Cody, how you doing, brother? I, I know you're uh, a little under the weather. <laughs> I'm hanging in there, bro. I'm carrying around a couple tennis balls here, but I'm doing all right, man. You know, hanging is an appropriate word. Yeah, man, hanging in there, man. Uh, sacrifices, bro, sacrifices. Sacrifices, of course, of course. And, you know, Speaking of sacrifices, you know we uh, we've obviously seen some some sacrifices that the NFL has made in um, with with Tyreek Hill. I noticed that they they recently had a, a meeting for about eight hours, and they're looking at possibly only suspending him for a maximum of four games. What's up with that, dude? Dude, I ain't, I'm not. I voiced my opinion, Scott. What do you think about this Tyreek Hill thing, man? You know, I'm I'm one of those that. Uh, I'm going to sound kind of crazy here, but I, I try to stay out of preconceived um, verdicts and court of public opinion, you know, and I let the uh, NFL in this situation, the NFL uh, do its uh, due diligence and whatever they come up with. I mean, once they come out with it, once it's like down, then we can go, well, you know, did they have enough evidence to do this or that? But then you start thinking, well, they, Ezekiel Elliott was out for six, right? Right. And we're, you know, if you want to do apples to apples, you can't compare him to somebody that's like, um, you know, that's on the drug program because that's written in stone. You got three strikes. Right. Once you get to the third strike, they ban you for, you know, indefinite. That's mm -hmm. that's that's hard written. Whereas, you know, like this kind of thing is basically the court of Roger Goodell, and he can go from a game to six games. He can, he's got uh, pretty much. A lot of latitude, but they usually keep it within um, the parameter of what they've done before so they don't get a lawsuit, you know, but they're going to yeah. get one anyways. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's hard because I feel like he's already gotten away with so much. Like, at this point, man, somehow he's already slipped through the legal systems outside of the NFL. So at this point now, it's coming down to Roger Goodell, and it's almost like, unfortunately now, he doesn't have enough evidence to give us enough for what we want because, I mean, come on, man. I understand the whole, you know, we need – cold hard facts we need something that's going to stick uh in court to really you know give them give this guy like a year suspension or 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 longer than that but at this point man if it's four games for a guy that came out on audio threatening his is it fiance wife what is she uh whatever it is i mean for whatever reason it's it's the chick that's still with him after getting almost choked to death and the the baby mama yeah the yeah. baby mama it, it, it whatever it is i mean it's 
it's unfortunate at this point. It's gone this far, and I feel like uh, the verdict is going to be something that we do not like. Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be enough games for us Raider fans. We're not going to like it. Well, it's never enough, right? I don't know. Well, you know, you know, I, I take my Raider fan hat off for this, and I look at it from an NFL situation, and it's just not a good look on the league. All right? right, you take a look at what Hunt did, and of course, there's video for that, but you have audio with um, with Hill here, and it's really very disturbing. Yeah, and th- I believe that this is just not a good look for the NFL if they if if. I don't, I don't think they had this much evidence against Ezekiel Elliott, honestly. They had, like, um, nothing against Ezekiel Elliott. Well, you know, they brought a panel together, and, you know, Roger Goodell really, really covered his bases, dotted his I's and crossed his T's when he did uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, as far as protecting himself in the shield, because mm-hmm. that's what Roger Goodell gets paid 40-plus million dollars to do, protect the shield. I was going to say absolutely, and, you know, speaking of coming down, Cody, how are you feeling right now? You good? Dude, you know what? I'm a little lightheaded, but you know this one. This isn't bad right now. I'm, I'm, I'm good because you know after I had my conversation with Adam, I, I talked to Adam in here, man, and it was, it was, it was, it was a hot sucker, and it was about 30 minutes after my operation, whenever I talked to him. So I was, uh, I was pretty, you know, they're, they're in there, they're asking me like, hey, you know, uh, uh, we can offer you can be premedicated. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, I can't do that. I got a pretty important interview after this. And they're like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. They're like, okay, whatever. So I just I rolled thought, with it. And I thought you were a little, little high on the octave that day. So Adam, um, <laughs> <laughs> if my voice jumps like, in and I'm out, like, my what? <laughs> Adam, Adam's probably sitting there. He's like. Captain Not So Obvious is coming out. Uh, Cody, uh, Raider Cody, has got a uh, extremely high voice for a Raider fan. <laughs> well, you know, it's, a, it's actually supposed oh, to be the you. opposite. I think uh, I think they're supposed to drop a little lower. I think after the operation. So okay. I, okay. So by the end of the show, I should be a little. Hey, what's going on, fellas? You should, I should have a little. little, little, <laughs> oh, little like uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna sound like Luther Vandross, you know? Oh yeah, hey, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> oh my God. People He's going to recognize Raider Cody. Beth, what's up? Baby? <laughs> <laughs> not for two weeks, Cody. Not for two weeks. Not for two weeks. Hey, anytime you, you I don't want to. Yeah, it, you don't. No. Out. <laughs> but hey, man, switching gears. Oh, man. Hey, whoa. We're just two guys here. Don't be switching gears on us like that, Kenny. <laughs> no, but switching gears. You were, you were saying something about training camp. What's up, bud? Well, what are we now? Uh, when's training camp starting up? What's the date? Believe was it the uh, 20, 23rd, the rookies are coming rookies. in. 26th, then, yeah. the vets are coming yeah. in. And right. we're planning a little uh, trip. Now we got Napa, uh, or should I say the Rams are going to Napa August 7th and 8th. Kenny, yeah, uh, what are you looking for, man? There's a few things that I'm looking for here. And so this is this also kind of ties into uh, something that you and I were talking about, where it's what do I want to see uh, before the season starts? One of the things that I want to see before the season starts is, is the 7th and 8th when the Raiders and the Raiders and the Rams take the training camp. I would love to see Mo Hurst and Aaron Donald go off to the side and just work on technique. Bring PJ over, bring Jelly over, but but specifically Mo. And the reason I say that is because Mo is about the same size as AD. Uh, he's got the same same style of play, same body mm-hmm, type, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they both roll with that tenacity. 
I feel like, you know, coming out of college, a lot of people compared Mo to, to Aaron Donald. And I think that, you know, learning from him is going to be paramount to his success. Um, you know, we looked at him last year. He had four sacks. Now, obviously, that's the same that um, our former defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack, had his rookie year. Uh, his came a little bit sooner, though. So I, I look forward to seeing Mo really breaking out next year. But I'd love to see him work with AD to, to really see, have that happen. Yeah, no, I agree. See, now for me, since we're talking about, you know, things we want to see happen before the season starts, for me, during this little dead period, I know we signed our rookies to contracts. You know, I know we still have Josh. Josh Jacobs is the only remaining contract, and I'm sure it's going to get done anytime. As, as quick as we knocked out all of our other first rounders and our early second rounder, this is going to get done, no problem. But for me, we have some in-house guys to take care of here. And for me... Yes. Rodney Hudson needs yes. a contract extension. Get this thing done. Do not let this guy hit free agency because Pay that man. Dude, he's been a rock. And I guarantee you, I mean, the the streak that he's on, I there's no way that it stops anytime this season. So he's going to keep this thing rolling. He's going to have another stellar season as a center. They're going to see what he's done. Borderline, I mean, he's been pro bowl snubbed, I can't tell you how many times. But besides that, as much of a rock as he's been, Dude, this guy will get so slam dunked overpaid in the offseason. Do not let him get to that point. Lock this guy up as long as you need him. Get the deal done. That's what I want to see get done. Yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, Dan Ventrelli um, and uh, and Tom Delaney, who, who who get that, who work on that side of the fence, I, I have no doubt that uh, if the coach <laughs> and Mike Mayock want to get it done, it'll get done. The, the thing is, last time I talked to, to Coach Gruden, uh, you know, when I was uh, last year, this was bef- actually not the last time I talked to him, but interval owners meeting, um, we were talking, you know, about, you know, who's the best player, and he's straight up. Every time he got a chance, Rodney Hudson was his, was was the, was the guy uh, mm-hmm. that was always number one, best work ethic, best player on the team. Um, Coach doesn't – I know Coach says some things out of the side of his mouth, but this wasn't one of them because – if you corner him, he'll say that every time. You know, and he said it multiple times. So, Coach loves his work ethic. He is a Gruden grinder. I, I see it getting done, and and I, it, I guess it'll get done when it's appropriate. Here's the thing, Scott. I, I got a question for you, man. Sure. You were kind of, last time you are on the show, you are barking up my tree a little bit, man. You wanted to get on here, and I, you said you wanted to get in the ring with the king. Woo. And you told me, you told me that winter was coming, Scott. So why don't you? Right. You got you got a message for Kenny King, man. Let's see it. Come yeah, on, spitball. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I heard I heard from a reliable source, you know, Twitter, and uh, and 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 uh, there's a little peacock out there that said uh, you living on your daddy's legs. Oh. That's all you. That's that's all. That's all you got. Yeah. That's all you got. <laughs> the, I'm just wait. a Bay. Hey, you know what? I'm just a Bay Area banker, baby. The wow. Bay Area banker living, living, living off his living dad's, off my dad's fame. That's oh. it. That's it. Riding the coattails. I like where you come from. I like your sense of humor. I like how you throw down. You don't you don't pull any punches. I don't agree with you all the time, yeah. but you keep it real and and you gonna right. tell your dad real talk yeah. for your dad was uh was Chandler was wide open too down the field. Oh, did you see that? He was wide open. He, oh, he Bobby was, was wide open. Bobby, I mean yeah, Bobby was wide open. And 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 plug it, missed him, and threw it to threw it to Kenny, your dad. But you know the funny, the funny thing about that is, my dad said, "I've never seen Bobby run run so fast 
as I did on that play. And then obviously Bobby ran to the sideline and, and huffed air and, and got the oxygen and <laughs> yeah. like in an iron lung for like a month after that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I love how Al used to do things because I was talking to um, I was over at my dad's for his birthday with with my dad and uh, Ira Matthews was out there and Reggie Kinlaw and Kinlaw was telling because you know Kinlaw was my dad's roommate in college at OU. Yeah, I talked to Kinlaw last year. Yeah. yeah, so Kinlaw was telling us, he was like, he said Al calls him into the office and he goes, hey, Reggie, uh, you're friends with Kenny King, right? He's like, yeah, he's my best friend. We're, we're roommates. He goes, well, I'm thinking about trading for him. What do you think? He goes, I think it would be the greatest trade you'd ever make. <laughs> and he goes, well, I'm trading I'm trading Snake and I'm trading Tatum. He goes, oh. still, he goes I still think it would be the greatest trade you'll ever make. Sure enough, what happens the next year? We win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Two years later, yeah. we win another Super Bowl. So, I mean, you take a look at that that team, that 80s team, you know, that your dad was on. And uh, you, uh, you you lost, you know, you don't have Snake. You don't have Tatum. Casper gets traded in the middle of the year yep. because, you know, he's unhappy now. Uh, and then um, the linebacker. Uh, so you lost five starters off that team. Yeah. You know, from the previous year. And started with Dan Pastorini, who <laughs> still thinks that's like it robbed him. <laughs> From a, robbed him from a Super Bowl that he was going to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. At all. <laughs> I Ever. feel you, Scott. Well, I'll tell you what. You yeah, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. Man, we we've been. Up. Yeah, we ran we the suck up. up a little bit, but it's all right. We had a good chat. This was some some real talk going on, man. We got into it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, Scott Winter, thanks for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. Kenny King, though, man. Uh, why don't you wrap this suck up for us, man? Why don't you. Uh, oh, I hope you're feeling yourself. I see you got yourself a chicken plan shirt on there we got eat up brother so what, what, what what do you got here for us and uh and, and, and all this uh all this drama we got going on the tyreek hill situation man why don't you wrap this sucker up tyreek hill all the drama that we have going on i posted a poll on twitter uh who's gonna be the first person to knock tyreek hill out if we if he plays us on <laughs> on week four is it gonna be jonathan abram is it gonna be cujo is it gonna be lamarcus joiner or is it gonna be vontez perfect guess what I might come into the parking lot, Tyreek Hill, and I may get you before the game. So, boom, wrapping the show up in a big way. Hope you guys are satisfied. Sorry for no phone calls this week. I actually had an issue with my phone call system. Uh, I've had a lot of issues with the phone call system, actually. So, I'm going to work on that. Should have it back next week. I'll take the I two or three calls this week. I'll take those next week also. Uh, but yeah, if you want to still call in, make sure you call in at 808-650-7220. You call in anytime. It's a voicemail. You just leave your message. We'll pick it up. We'll take it the next episode. Uh, make sure you visit our website, teach cars that they have going on. All the links are there. You can listen right off the website. Make sure you even take a look at maybe even purchasing a Raider Cody podcast t-shirt. These t-shirts are sweet. They come from DC 4L custom tees. Take a look at them. Uh, pretty good price too they're under 20 bucks nice shirts uh take a look maybe purchase one support your favorite podcast uh still selling stickers i got a few left uh you can dm me on twitter or anywhere if you have my phone number you can text me uh but it was a good show it was a was a great week uh, but hope you guys enjoyed it and until next week raider nation see you guys
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.